of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Welcome if you are new here. What you are about to hear is a audio version of a astrology forecast that I shared to my YouTube channel, Sabrina Monarch, so you can also see it on video there. And this podcast is a place where I share both these forecasts as well as interview conversations with people that I find inspiring. Sabrina Monarch of monarchastrology.com bringing you the astrology forecast for October 27th to November 2nd, 2021. I'm Sabrina Monarch and I'm an evolutionary astrologer, uh, clairvoyant, and I have quite a bit of Pisces in my chart. So you'll hear some of that kind of poetic, imaginative thinking as we go. So the meditation and image that comes through most prominently for the week for me is a series of of images here crisp cold air a person thinking to themselves a person connecting with a stream of thought that is beyond the current moment and can be perhaps alienating socially a quiet room the attempt to build a bridge between worlds the pregnant gap in time before a signal is successfully transmitted So I like to think of like a little blue light just in slow motion moving across the globe, right? Like uh, cell phone communication is instantaneous, but what about how long it takes to say, meet a person that you resonate with so deeply that it shakes you at this kind of electric level? Like maybe it took a few years. It wasn't as fast as a cell phone signal, the text message across the country. So I sourced this meditation mostly from the sun in Scorpio squaring Saturn in Aquarius this week. The icy cold part of this transit appears to me as loneliness, but there is an interesting ecstasy to be had here as well. Right? There's a different difference between being alone and enjoying your solitude. Saturn archetypally relates to the melancholic who is prone to bouts of ecstasy. The person whose consciousness is so deep and perhaps detached and removed from the groupthink, the culture of the moment, that a person occupies a much less populated pocket of existence and of thought. This is the deep well of our unique personhood, the place of psychic space, and also the deepest place we wish to be met when it comes to intimacy or recognition for our inner truth and gifts. The transit itself does not determine if we happen to feel lonely or separate versus if we are experiencing a peak moment of integration where our signal, so to say, resonates with the signal of another at long last. It could be anywhere in between for you or maybe different parts of your life are experiencing different periods of kind of fall or winter versus spring. It takes a certain kind of inner strength to hold the parts of ourselves that don't feel readily mirrored by others or by the culture, right? Like to just toss it because it's not relevant to the moment. Um, There are parts of ourselves we may split off from, repress, or put into shadow. But should we hold the psychic tension of these parts of ourselves, 
We can take part in the process of threading these parts of ourselves into our everyday life, our relationships, our community, our purpose. This is essentially what we do when we've taken hours to work on a project alone and then share it with the broader world. You know, cultivate something within and then build the bridge. To bring back the thread around ecstasy, if we approve of our space, the part of us that is more rare, say, and less socially contacted, or make space for ourselves in that way, we get to touch our channel. If you've thought about your legacy, for example, your less rooted in just today and your next step, right? And you're thinking about generations to come after you. So you might quiet the noise of the day-to-day for a moment to think about a bigger span of time, your bigger dreams, the deepest aspirations of your soul. And you touch that material, thread it into your day-to-day and watch it integrate into your mundane life. You know, another thing I thought about here too is that if you really deeply listen to what's happening in your everyday, that may also be a clue um, for what's wanting to emerge. I guess it's just different if you can tell if it's chatter or static, you know, and if you quiet that layer, what's the, um, the whisper to you? Alienation or psychic aloneness, right, which is a much less negative sounding way of putting it, can be temporary and it requires us to not be squeamish when confronting the utter gravity of the life of the soul, right? So I'm really talking here about like those deep parts of you, part of your inner truth and your inner nature that is difficult to hold and be in, you know, the company of yourself with if it's not immediately validated by the world or in relationship. Um, versus what it would mean to not abandon yourself and be in touch with that part of yourself, even if that creates a momentary separation between the world around you. And this is something that a lot of, you know, maybe philosophers or artists, you know, or say if you um, grew up in a small town where you didn't really resonate with people and you had to kind of make that choice Maybe it was too hard to try to fit in. So you just let yourself follow your path and feel kind of alien from the people around you. Um, And we could look at this as like something so sad or like how depressing or how unfortunate. Um, But then if the story is kind of allowed to arc fully and you, um, you know, a lot of people that bring really interesting ideas to society felt alone and alienated at some point. And what it's like to be in a full peak harvest of being seen, being recognized, being in relationship and being touched in those parts of you that used to be, you know, so private to you because no one around you could relate that there's actually sometimes a romantic nostalgia for those time periods of aloneness. Um, because you had space. And so I think that, um, either celebrating the sense of integration that you feel of like you're being authentic and you're in authentic relationships, super magical, right? Or if you're in that kind of hero's journey part where you're separating from the known, but you've not yet found your community to even savor that spaciousness uh, because there's something very soulful and very alchemical happening there. And it takes courage to be in touch with that material instead of just collapsing 
and pretending to be someone that you're not in order to feel like you fit in. So before I get into the week in more detail, transit by transit, a few um, housekeeping announcements kind of stuff. One, please like this video, leave a comment at any point and let me know what resonates with you. Subscribe to my channel and hit the notification bell so that you'll get notified when new videos come out. You can also sign up for my mailing list via the link in the notes, which is where um, I'll send you the written version of these forecasts every week, as well as a link to the video. Um, And that's a great way to stay in touch with me to hear about my upcoming course Um, upcoming courses, my astrology reading bookings, um, special events, all of that. The next evolutionary astrology intensive. So this is a live course that I teach. It consists of um, pre-recorded modules that you have access to forever going over the signs, uh, the planets and so on. We build a comprehensive Um, map of this school of astrology. And it also consists of weekly live meetings so that we can get to know each other, that we can talk about the material and through relationship and through community form greater astrological literacy, hone our archetypal eye. Um, I teach astrology in a way to help you see how the archetypes are already alive within you and the world around you that once we we know how to see them then we can build our own personal lexicon of all the ways that you know Jupiter and then through studying Jupiter actually step into more doorways to get to know Jupiter and to really expand your friendship your kinship with these planets with the archetypes evolutionary astrology is also a very um deep wisdom school. It's about the evolutionary journey of the soul from life to life. Um, kind of how we move through and alchemize our desires and how this connects with our, both our spiritual path and just the embodied life that we're living here as humans. So you can read more about this course and read student testimonials and enroll via the link below. Um, we begin again November 8th and November 5th is the last day to sign up. It's coming up. So don't put off um, looking at the course page if you haven't already. And, you know, go ahead and enroll. Don't wait till the last minute. I know people like to do that, but I encourage you to give yourself some space. So, um And then another news, Magic of the Spheres podcast. So I have been sharing this podcast for a couple years now. Currently, my um, interviews have been slow, um, just in that I'm kind of integrating and settling um, into a new kind of like world, um, having moved to a different state, different city. um, And yeah, so I really look forward to you know, coming back with more consistency on that podcast, but I am still sharing the forecasts there. Um, and I have some interviews lined up soon, so we'll be getting that going again. Um, but please forgive the, the momentary wool. Um, and that's it for now. Let me get back into the transits of the week. So October 28th, 2021, Venus in 22 degrees of Sagittarius will sextile Jupiter in 22 degrees of Aquarius, 12.15 p.m. Pacific. So the Venus-Jupiter sextile. When Venus and Jupiter come together under a harmonic aspect like this, it's quite easily a party transit. 
you know, despite what I was just talking about with like loneliness and everything, this one is a little bit more um, connected. The good things and the good times in life are magnified and this aspect will last throughout the weekend. So for those of you celebrating Halloween or Samhain, um, enjoy this transit by taking part in celebration or activities which are just for the sake of fun itself. Um, fun and play, you know, this is one of the things I like to geek out on. Um, sometimes people think of it as just like, you know, like you have a hobby, you go do something fun, you like let some steam out and then you go back to your life. But play can actually be this portal where we create new realities or contact new dimensions of ourselves. And so we do have this kind of dualistic split of, you know, work and play or thinking, you know, that we should always be doing something productive. And uh, I love productivity. Honestly, if you see like how much I like to publish things, you know, you'll understand. But like the the just having fun for the sake of itself is actually also really important for the life of the soul, for our creative life, for our capacity to be generative, to kind of shake off stagnant emotional energy, all of that. So if you needed all that reason, you know, and if you don't, you know, just go like intentionally do something fun this week to play with this transit. And then back to being all serious, a potential edge to this transit is that we find ourselves as travelers in a new and perhaps strange land, metaphorically speaking, that the fun or celebration to be had under this transit simply has the admission price that we can find presence, opportunity, and levity in situations that don't match our ordinary expectations or may even be lacking according to our expectations. And where we can welcome this, the novelty can be adventurous. And so I'm speaking of this because we're looking at Sagittarius and Aquarius, which are pretty far out signs. And both of them relate actually to, you know, expansion beyond the known and the potential for alienation as well. And I think that sometimes we are in an alienated state of consciousness, say when we want something, but we're experiencing something different than what we want. And we're having a hard time dropping in and being present. And so when you find yourself in that space, what it means to actually like be a traveler, go have the adventure, even if things aren't the way that you had idealistically hoped they would be. At a social level, there may be something around inviting others into an experience. So the guide or facilitator who creates the opening for a liminal or ritual space, the host or hostess who sets the tone for the night, the friends who come up with an idea and rally people around it. Here there is a quality of having a vision and bridging that vision with the social world or even the mundane social world. Notice how a room full of people will have a different kind of conversation if no topic is suggested and they're just left to their own devices uh, versus if a magnanimous host offers an invitation for discussion or a kind of game that will be played. Right. So um, I think a lot about something that Shaman Durek said when I saw him speak at CIS, where he was talking about, um, you know, in his cosmology, when humans sit around and just complain, um, which is something that annoys me as well. <laughs> it's like um, just kind of gabbing off these like lower frequencies and sometimes just feeding off the addiction of the drama of whatever we're complaining about. Um, to me, there's a difference between processing and working through something and acknowledging what's 
what's off or what we would like to change about our experience versus just stewing in the complaining from a low level addictive space. Right. And so he was saying, when you're, you know, why are we doing that? Why are we going home and watching Netflix? Why don't we get together and have intellectual conversations? Like, why don't we get together and like raise each other's spirits up? And there's something so Jupiterian about that. And I'm kind of like that too, where if I'm sitting around a group of people and we're just kind of like, meh, 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 and just like going into that like low space, um, there's something that rises up within me sometimes of either just being like irritated and being like, I need to get the fuck out of here or like, Hey, can we change the subject and talk about something, you know? And so thinking about that, where this is something I notice at say, um, like parties, you can have a party where you just show up and there's a table with some drinks and people are just chilling, right? Or you have a party where there's like special rooms set up with different themes or like someone rings a bell and gathers everyone around and creates some like ritual embodiment to start the night and creates like some kind of sacred invitation for the night. And the experience is so much more lit and magical when there's just that little bit of intention. Um, So this is what I mean by bridging a vision like, hey, we could have a night that changes our lives tonight and actually bridging that into the social world through the sharing and conveying of that vision and creating that invitation. And then an individual relationship, one or both parties may have a vision they want to bridge with the other, a world that is not yet seen by both, but it is wished that both would be collaborating. Um, And it's possible that rather than fighting for the cause, There may be some desire to illuminate the path and spark the other's enthusiasm. Like, hey, there's this thing I've always wanted to do. Wouldn't it be fun, you know, if we did this thing? Uh, There's a different kind of action. This is a different kind of action than fighting or opposing. Even if opposition is subtly involved, which it can be, um, it involves more of Venus's desire for charm and magnetism. Like, let's, let's explore the world together. Then October 30th, 2021, the sun in seven degrees of Scorpio will square Saturn in seven degrees of Aquarius at 2.53 a.m. Pacific. So years ago, when I first encountered manifestation teachings in depth, like law of attraction and Abraham Hicks and you create your own reality kind of stuff, etc., I went deep. I went, you know, very deep in it. And I was also studying astrology and like Saturn and karma and cause and effect at the same time. So it radically kind of was fundamental for my worldview of like even our habitual ways of thinking and feeling are a kind of karma. And so I worked with manifestation teachings to kind of create peak experiences without any particular reason to like to be happy for no particular reason, just to rewire my brain to kind of create more neural pathways towards that like elevated state. Um, and from that to kind of source visions of how I was going to, uh, lead my business or lead my life and all of that. Um, so I found it incredible that one could actually work with these teachings Um, And these principles very deeply and creatively, but that these teachings are also easily critiqued as superficial, like too much love and light um, or socially irresponsible, as in 
you know, what groups of people have more access or less access to the resources that make it easier to be in a playful, carefree state of consciousness, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and at a deeper level, taking into account these teachings, you know, how law of attraction or manifestation works and the complexity and nuances of one's life, one's traumas, one's social reality, the systems that we're a part of, like to actually hold the tension of both of those things. I found these teachings um, really fascinating and kind of world opening because they emphasize that by remaining detached Aquarius enough from your present reality and merging emotionally. So merging Scorpio with your ideals, Aquarius and desires, Scorpio, you could magnify them in your life, right? So again, back to <laughs> my personal pet peeve, being in a group of people who are just low level complaining, like shooting the shit complaining kind of thing. Um, that bothers me because it's like, we're creating a harmonic together over this, like, just, I'm like, this isn't creative enough. Like we could be having fun. We could be like pooling our kind of resources together to create something new and like spectacular. Like, why don't we do that? You know? And so that idea of like detaching from say the things that you're emotionally fixated on at a level of like, I hate this stuff, or this is really bothering me to quiet that for a moment, unhook your deep psychological fixations on those things and invest all of that emotional energy and personal power into your dreams and your visions. That's all I'm talking about here. And that kind of process is actually, um, you know, challenging to do, but if you build a habit, um, you can actually, you know, lead quite a visionary experience doing that. So a challenge with this square between, you know, just Scorpio and Aquarius, but let's put Sun and Saturn together, right? So we have Sun and Scorpio, the way that we are kind of emanating and radiating our emotional fixations, uh, one way to put it. And then Saturn and Aquarius, the kind of structure of our consciousness, the structure of our paradigms of thinking, right? Um, so you have them kind of coming up at this uh, 90 degree angle, this square. And then what's interesting too, is that the sun relates to manifestation and creativity. Saturn relates to boundaries and constraints. And when you think about, you know, creative constraint, like that can actually be very generative. Um, I think of Saturn, like when we work with Saturn, we need to kind of elevate the threads with Saturn of like creating a, a framework that supports life as opposed to the tyrannical, abusive, punitive, punishing side of Saturn, right? So even as an artist, um, how you manage your mind where you might have critique of your own work, like your, your own critic, you want your work to be better, but how do you hold that relationship within yourself lightly enough to acknowledge where you could improve without, uh, being so cruel to yourself that you discourage yourself or snuff out your flame entirely. Right. So that sense of like having standards and boundaries or a sense of desire for excellence and also letting yourself play and be creative. That can be one of the tensions of sun Saturn, um, as well as just like how we facilitate Saturn, our light or block out our light and how we kind of find our, our rhythm or our way of like really, uh, facilitating the light. 
And I don't mean light as in love and light. I mean like the, the energy within your soul consciousness that's wanting to emanate. And that's not always, um, like fluffy and cute. Like sometimes it it is more serious or deep too, especially if we're talking about sun and Scorpio. So a challenge with this square is how emotionally bonded we are with particular matrices of thought systems or bodies of thought as represented by Aquarius. So how emotionally attached we are to our paradigm, in other words. Um, And there can be multiple paradigms, you know, if you're um, kind of academically inclined, for example, um, you know, one of my students was talking about in astrology, how like different forms of astrology are like different forms of literary analysis. Like, are we going to analyze this from a Marxist perspective or from a feminist perspective? Right. And so you can, you can go in between different bodies of thought and that's kind of an Aquarian thing to be able to be detached enough to uh, slip in and out of different paradigms. There are many thought channels, but we can get emotionally fixated, Scorpio, upon particular ones. A person who is very emotionally attached to the conventional path as prescribed by their family and culture of origin may compress themselves and any stray desire, right, to fit onto that path. A person less attached to the prescribed narrative of the social reality around them may have more agency to move about reality in an innovative way, merging and bonding with the opportunities that someone on the conventional path would not dare try out, right? So what forms of thinking are you opting into or opting out of? Do you have that kind of emotional freedom? Some things to think about. The creative tension between Scorpio and Aquarius is that we can invest our energy from a place of freedom. I noticed a meme has been going around lately telling people to stop imagining apocalypse and imagine heaven on earth. I'm like, hello, I've been saying that for years, but whatever. Uh, The apocalypse channel is popular. Many people are tapped into that uh, futuristic and fearful vision. However, you know, much they can rationalize it. And some people do really have a kind of soul path of like dissecting and uh, getting into like the nitty gritty details of like what's wrong with the system in order to kind of like excavate um, and kind of like turn the wheel in some sense. Um, But that's like a death process in some sense. And so what about, you know, our aspiration or our vision? And so, you know, I've seen people struggle on a day-to-day basis with anxiety and hopelessness. And it's like, why even invest in like my talents or where I want to go in life if the world's just on fire and ending anyway. And it's like, you can find the evidence for that story, but how adaptive is it to enjoying your life and, uh, giving it all you got in this life and like really sourcing like your gifts and your talents and offering them to your community. It's hard to do that if you're down in the mud, uh, just afraid of the world ending and whatnot. So, and this is a very popular channel of thinking in the collective currently. Um, And there is kind of, there definitely is descent energy and like a kind of death process and death of certain systems and death and like transition of a paradigm. But is there also space, you know, within that for the rebirth? Um, A person who is tapping into a blissful and more ideal future has the opportunity to become a channel for inspired vision, which can be powerful when implemented and threaded into reality. 
Becoming skillful at holding the psychic tension between noticing the shadow or the gritty parts of reality and being free enough to emotionally relate with a vast spectrum of experience so underworld and heaven alike is an alchemical gift. Now, I totally can understand why people critique um, that idea of people that are just kind of up in the clouds spiritually without paying attention to what's happening in their bodies or on earth. Like there's a sense of disembodiment with that or like a, like la 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 la, like plugging your ears and singing, like I can't hear or see anything, right? Like that energy um, is annoying. Like, let's be honest, but can you hold the tension of uh, the depths of your own unconscious and your own shadow or kind of like the suffering on the planet and still access, you know, your emotional freedom for peak experience or joy, right? Like, um, that's what I think would generate some really interesting and inspired thought, you know, or inspired cultural change to actually digest the shadow of the culture and to work through the pain and suffering of that, to be aware of it. Right. And to also, you know, dream and the linearity of that or the non-linearity of that is going to be different person to person, right? Sometimes people access the kind of bliss and the upper realm state to build the um, resilience in themselves to actually do the shadow work or the shadow work inevitably shows up when you go to those upper realms. So I think there's some balance of like our idealism and our shadow work and how they're really playing together and that um, if we really prefer one at the expense of the other that it can create a kind of imbalance. But when we allow that tension to be fruitful and kind of like grind a little bit and, uh, some, some sparks to come from that friction, we can be really, really creative. The sun square Saturn in these signs could also relate to the experience of feeling socially alienated. So some examples could be the single person who deeply desires a partnership, right? And the sense of what I want is not what's currently happening. And I feel alienated from my desire or from the kind of life that I imagine I would have. Um, the entrepreneur whose business is not socially recognized enough yet for it to be stabilized or successful yet. So they have a dream and they're waiting for it to kind of be socially integrated. The writer who's not yet published or noticed. The person who feels different than their local community or desires more friends. And the artist who does not yet feel understood, right? So these are all kind of moments of having a, a part of yourself that you don't feel is totally integrated with the other, or with the world at large. There may be a significant drive here to merge the worlds, to arrive at a place of integration, social integration and satiation of one's desire to be in that relationship, to be successful, to have a community of friends, um, to have your art received. These are valid desires. And do not underestimate the position of being in that liminal space for the time that you are. It is one thing to be rooted in a particular community in a particular moment in time, but what about being rooted to something that individuates you from your place and time, hence the alienation? There are opportunities to share that vision with the collective or be seen to weave the worlds, but some parts of that path do happen more solitarily for a period of time, and there is a definite hermetic magic to that part of the journey. 
Can you be deeply present with yourself, not abandon yourself or split off when you feel alone? And so another thing to you know name there is that part of what makes us feel alienated is that there's some deep core, you know, emotional truth, Scorpio inside of us, but we don't put it out there. Like we don't share, we keep it secret, we keep it hidden. Um, and so even in the example of like me being in a group of people and I find the conversation annoying and I'm not feeling connected in that moment to the group, um, when I actually let that tension inside of me erupt out through my throat and my mouth and like put it in the space and people kind of react and like, uh, throw the ball back at me, so to say. And like, we begin to have a conversation. I actually feel more connected and less alienated. Same as when I'm having an emotional experience and I'm making that choice. Should I hide this and be chill or should I voice that I'm really upset and put that on the table? Right. And so, um, a lot of people do keep things secret and keep things inside and like hold Scorpio. Uh, we think we, it's not safe or something like that. And sometimes there is an intelligence in the timing and other times we are the ones, uh, keeping ourselves alienating and keeping, keeping ourselves alienated, keeping ourselves hidden away from the world with our own judgment and our own fear. Right. And so what it really means to, let people see those parts of you that you're afraid to have be socially integrated. Um, and to, to feel kind of the energetic, the sensations of that, the vulnerability, your heart racing, um, that sense of aliveness, right. And to kind of titrate your capacity to hold that you'll find, uh, that you're playing a bigger game in life and that you feel less alienated and more connected and more intimate with your experience. This moment in time with this transit could represent one of those times of feeling feeling alienated and with that also having an opportunity for psychic and personal space to drop deeper into your journey. Or weaving the development that happened in a more solitary or solo phase into something more social. Sharing what you've learned with community, sharing the gifts you've developed, being seen in intimate partnership after a lot of personal development, etc. We may be experiencing both of these tracks, alienation versus integration, in different areas of life, depending on the um, the history of, you know, just what we're, the threads that we're working with, the material that we're in. Same day, Mars enters Scorpio, 721 a.m. Pacific. So what day are we in? It's October 30th. So Mars enters Scorpio that morning. Mars enters his traditional home in Scorpio, co-ruling Aries and Scorpio, bringing a certain simplicity and ease to Martian matters such as willpower, energy, assertion of will. Mars in Scorpio is strategic and also receptive here in a water sign. This is the kind of warrior that deeply takes in an environment as part of their way of moving through a space such that they can camouflage or hide at will or act and strike at will. Mars and Scorpio also reminds me of serpent magic. In Animal Speak by Ted Andrews, Andrews writes of the snake, a snake attacks quickly. It raises itself up and strikes hard or strikes quick, hard and true to its mark. It is not unusual to find that 
Those with this totem can respond in the same way if need be. It is best not to anger snake people. Although slow to lose their tempers, once lost, their bite is quick, sharp, and direct. They almost always hit their mark. They may end up swallowing you whole or just poisoning you in some way. Feel the Mars Scorpio in that. So Mars cuts and severs. And Scorpio can relate to the way that we stew or simmer in angst and resentment or toxicity. Mars and Scorpio can be quite an ally here in moving more cleanly through life, asserting our will with simplicity and grace that allows us not to be so enmeshed with resentment. Right. So here's it always helps, I think, to study the psychology of the the drama triangle or the victim triangle. I'll share the link below in the notes. Um, So it's the the archetypal constellation of the victim, the persecutor and the rescuer. And just um, even kind of moving out of our own kind of like habits towards victim consciousness can help us approach a situation a lot more cleanly, right? Because if we're seeing ourselves as a victim in a situation that is more of our projection, um, then we might, you know, kind of lash out at the other person and kind of like persecute them. And where we can take responsibility for how we've put ourselves in these roles, you know, or not taking the responsibility to have certain necessary boundaries, Um, you know, as we do that kind of inner shadow work, we can assert our will, I think a lot more like cleanly with less baggage, um, than when we have all this kind of unprocessed material and we're just throwing it at the person who, um, pushes our buttons, so to say. The encounters I've had or disagreements with, um, and conflict resolution with Mars and Scorpio people, have been these amazing teachers for me. Um, I've seen such clarity and precision around needs, requests, boundaries, and all of this actually making the way for increased connection without murky, undigested issues or resentments floating around the space. We could even consider this a kind of emotional, energetic, relational victory, right? Like if you know yourself deeply enough, if you're honest with yourself to know, hey, if I put myself in this situation um, and don't voice these certain needs, I'm going to end up resentful. And that's going to um, kind of muddy the waters of my relationship with this person. So let me voice this in advance or voice it as soon as I track it um, so that you know, we don't kind of enter this negative enmeshment together. And that's a skill, right? Like that's something that we, we need self-awareness to do. And then kind of the, um, maybe relationship or communication skills. But what I've noticed with people who have Mars and Scorpio natally is that they had a way of kind of being so clear and direct about what they wanted and what they needed, um, that it created peace, even though, you know, Mars and Scorpio isn't necessarily like we think of, say, just like Sun and Libra as like a peacemaker archetype. I think Mars and Scorpio has a way to be very precise um, about the expression of one's will in a way that can be very generative. And before getting to this place of simplicity where our will is deeply aligned with the with our emotional intelligence, the struggle of this Mars transit through this sign can be honest emotional confrontation with ourselves. How can we address something we won't even admit? 
Mars in Scorpio could relate to emotional courage as well as a process of inner purification by which we clean up and at least acknowledge our own resentments as best as we can before projecting them at another and yet still have the confrontations or dialogues that need to be had just from a more empowered and self-possessed place where possible. So if you're in a conflict situation with another person and you're spinning and you feel powerless and you feel kind of victimized and you're just, you know, in this kind of psychic stew and you see like acting from that place and kind of what that does to the connection versus what it's like to metabolize that stewing place and kind of find oh, this is why I'm so upset. It has this, you know, it has to do with this thing or this trauma. And here's where my power is. And here's where my alignment is. And kind of like that psychic clearing and then engaging the situation, right? Um, It's interesting because this doesn't seem very uh, direct in some sense, like Mars and Aries. Like I'm just impulsive doing what I feel like. There's a little bit of that kind of maybe emotional strategizing or kind of like, inward secretive quality of like, "Mm, I'm upset about something, but I'm going to think about it and refine it before I project it externally and loop other people into my unresolved complexes that I'm stewing in for a moment. And that takes, um, it's just an interesting kind of internal battle that can happen with Mars and Scorpio. So just because it's a, a kind of happy place in traditional astrology speaking for Mars to be in the sign of Scorpio doesn't mean that we won't be feeling that kind of, uh, you know, turning over stones and looking at these kind of unconscious parts of ourselves or feeling upset about something and wondering why and kind of processing it. So if you are feeling kind of moody or, all of that, that may be par for the course with Scorpio season and Mars and Scorpio. Um, but the opportunity, at least the kind of like martial heroics of Mars and Scorpio is to become very energetically and emotionally clear and precise, um, so that we can act from that place of clarity. And then October 31st, Um, Mercury in 22 degrees of Libra will try in Jupiter in 22 degrees of Aquarius at 9.18 p.m. And then November 2nd, Mercury in 24 degrees of Libra will square Pluto in 24 degrees of Capricorn. So kind of towards the latter part of the week, we have Mercury aspecting Jupiter and Pluto at the same time, trining Jupiter and squaring Pluto. And this puts us in the same kind of position that Mercury was in when Mercury originally stationed retrograde on September 26th. Mercury was making these contacts to Jupiter and Pluto. Mercury stationed direct on October 18th in opposition to Chiron and Aries, and then made their way back to this starting gate. The Mercury retrograde may have been especially psychologically activating because it began at this, you know, gate with Hades. Um, Pluto. And now we come through the same gate we started, though perhaps much has changed, been revealed and been unearthed. So in terms of thematically, what's been up? um, It's been a kind of Libra Capricorn conversation, say our skills in terms of communicating in relationship, Mercury and Libra, our skills of being tactful and polite or kind of socially aware Libra, understanding the impact of our words Um, 
And maybe even where we've resisted that, where it's like, I'm tired of being nice. I'm tired of thinking so hard about how to be nice. Like, let me just say the thing really bluntly. Um, right. Or like Pluto and Capricorn, this could have something to do with boundaries and kind of like the tact, you know, when someone's pushing your boundaries, whether you go into a defensive, like, fuck you, I, you know, get out of my space kind of place. Or if you're like, oh, it's my responsibility to inform this person of what my boundaries are, you know, and to access that kind of level of poise and grace to uh, politely say no um, or politely express your needs. Right. And so I think that that has been the thing that has been shaken up is like, what is our our way of being uh, polite when dealing with boundaries or maybe polite when making a request, like we're kind of making ourselves small as opposed to taking up space, like all is just kind of like ways that we engage with like social niceties and maybe some of the unconscious undercurrents in that that have been coming to the surface, either just within ourselves or through the mirror of relationship. So what I wrote here was a significant theme may have been communication in our relationships, Mercury and Libra, and how this intersected with deep-seated expectations, Pluto and Capricorn, and how we have had to negotiate with others or shift our expectations to address situational conflict or deeper disparities in values and desires between parties. So adjusting our expectations because things came up or something was happening and we had to be flexible or adjusting our expectations because there was a difference in value system. What did you learn about communication, this retrograde cycle, and what threads are you still working with? So you can think back to, you know, the end of September to now and just like what's been the journey, Um, even though Mercury already stationed direct October 18th, we're kind of really wrapping up the retrograde, uh, the post retrograde shadow and Mercury making these significant Jupiter and Pluto contacts again. So thank you so much for listening. This is what I have for you. Leave a comment like this video if you haven't already. Um, and do check out the evolutionary astrology intensive linked in the notes The last day to enroll November 5th is coming up. Um, So just take a moment to feel into the desire that you have. If you have that desire to study soul-based astrology, to deepen your practice and your intimacy with astrology, the language of astrology, um, and really developing your skill in community um, around evolutionary astrology. So I'll leave you here. I love you all. I hope that you have a blessed week and I'll see you again soon.